Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey everybody, this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian. I am your host, Anna Hudak. So yeah, it's been a few weeks since we've uh, done one of these Thursday episodes. Um, sorry about that. But hopefully, you know, um, if you listen to my Monday episode, kind of know our bed. But, you know, just in case you haven't listened to it, um, basically just... A very brief uh, breakdown is it's been just a hellish few weeks um, and I literally had no energy pretty much at all to do anything. Um, I had no motivation to do anything um, and so I just straight up, up and disappeared and you know what I am sorry about that uh, unfortunately just like Things just, you know, shit hit just hit the fan really quickly out of nowhere. <clears throat> and so, yeah, that's why I haven't done anything in the last few weeks. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, we are back to do the final episode of our series on socialism and the churches by Rosa Luxemburg. It's a 1905 article. Um... And yeah, we're doing parts six and seven, of course, uh, like usual, you can find um, the link to this article in the show notes um, or the YouTube description. Also, by the way, uh, so uh, this is for both audio and video, but video people will be able to see this more, you know, because, well, you're watching this. Um, is a, let's see, just a second, I'm wondering if I should open my blinds a bit, maybe just a bit. Anyway, so, um, I just woke up literally, like, just over 30 minutes ago, so, um, like I said, like, just, like, 30 minutes ago I woke up, so, um, I haven't had breakfast yet, so, uh, this is my breakfast, uh, for those listening, I am holding up a bottle with a protein shake in it, so if I, like, uh, so, if I, so like, if I kind of just, like, disappear for a minute, like, it's because I'm chugging down on this protein shake. I know, super unprofessional, but, like, I am kind of hungry, and I definitely needed to get this podcast done and recorded really soon. <clears throat> um, because this is going to be a crazy day, so, um, sort of stuff I gotta do. So, I just wanted to get this on and over with, but, yeah, so. So, you know, um, kind of doing breakfast and recording a podcast. Great professionalism. Yay, that's me. Like me right there. Everyone's listening. That's just me checking down a little bit and do the shake. Anyway, just wanted to get that out of the way. <clears throat> um, yeah, so we're back on the series, and so we're doing part six today. Um, part, starting on part six. We're also doing part seven. Um, because it's basically just in a blog, really. <clears throat> but, anyway, so... <clears throat> Sorry, throat feels here now. Um, after having briefly reviewed the history of the church, um, we cannot be surprised that the clergy supports the Tsarist government and the capitalists against the revolutionary workers who fight for a better future. The class-conscious workers organized in the Social Democratic Party fight to bring into reality the ideal of social equality and a fraternity among men, 
the object of which was formerly that of the Christian church. Nonetheless, equality cannot be realized either in a society based on slavery nor in a society based on serfdom. It becomes capable of being realized in our present period, that is, the regime of industrial capitalism. What the Christian apostles could not accomplish by their ardent discourses against the egoism of the rich, the modern proletarians, workers of the conscious class position, can start working in the near future by the conquest of political power in all countries, by tearing the factories, the land, and all the means of production from the capitalists to make them the communal property of the workers. The communism which the social democrats have in view does not consist of the dividing up between beggars and the rich and lazy, of the wealth produced by slaves and serfs, but an honest, common, united work and an honest enjoyment of the common fruits of our work. Socialism does not consist of generous gifts made to the rich, sorry, made by the rich to the poor, but in the total abolition of the very difference between rich and poor by compelling all alike to work according to their capacity by the suppression of the exploitation of man by man. So in other words, basically, uh, the church used to be an advocate for you know, the common man they, before they got in bed. Now, it's uh, Marxists who have basically taken up the mantle of looking out for the common man. Um, and whereas back in the day, because of how society was set up back then, you know, the Christian church back then, uh, what they did was they took from the rich, gave to the poor. Um, but basically what Rosa Luxemburg is and what the Social Democrats... Um, we're doing back in the early 1900s, fighting for in the early 1900s in Tsarist Russia, was um, basically a complete abolition. They wanted a complete classless society uh, where, you know, and basically where everybody held everything in common. Um, you know, everybody worked and everybody, you know, uh, basically, you know, uh, let's see, you know, they were... Um, given, you know, according to verbality, you know, worked into verbality, given to her need, you know. Um, that's what they were advocating for. Now, uh, mind you, especially as of today, you know, um, there are very many different forms of Marxism. Everybody has a different view of how a Marxist society, a more, more like a socialist or communist society would work. Um, you know, especially because we do have generally if a different definition of socialism than what is defined here in this thing today. Um, uh, so, you know, this is just one form, you know, not everybody has this view of like, you know, this really. Um, many, uh, there are a lot of Marxists, especially socialist uh, forms of government that would still have like a rich, would have rich people and it would have poor people, you know, like they would still have that difference, you know, in wealth. Uh, many still do advocate for that. Uh, just, you know, it just wouldn't be due to a capitalist system. Therefore, it would be much more fair. Um, you know, because uh, you wouldn't be able to get so fucking filthy rich through exploitation like Amazon. Like, why do you think that um, Jeff Bezos is so fucking rich from Amazon? because exploitation of the workers. Um, like, uh, in the system that's advocated probably... By from what I hear, at least, probably seems to be the majority of at least socialist um, 
who advocate for a more socialistic system here in America. Like, you would still get fucking rich, but wouldn't be this fucking rich, you know, because the only way you'd be able to get this fucking rich is through exploitation, you know. So, uh, just understand that there is definitely quite a bit of a difference in what um, Marxists fight for, like, Everybody has a different vision of what a socialist or a communist society would look like here in America. So, uh, this is just what the Social Democrats, um, who were the main pushers for socialism in Russia back in 1905, were fighting for. But understand, you do not necessarily need to fight for that exact same thing, and not everybody does, especially like here in America. Um, But yeah, <clears throat> you know, there's like a million, like there's, you know, like, um, Marxist worldviews are broken up almost like denominations at this point. Um, there's just a crazy shit ton of them. Uh, personally, I fall generally more under the, uh, uh, anarcho-communist, uh, uh, um, Branch, you know, um, my, one of my big, uh, models is, I forget the name of the group, but there's this, um, one group, Christian group in, I think, Indonesia, um, who are anarcho-communists, and, um, they were very much my inspiration, and kind of what made me kind of go more that route, um, uh, probably won't happen here in America, but, you know, I was very heavily inspired to go down that route by, uh, once again, I don't remember the name. If I remember, which means I won't, I'll try to link, because there's a YouTuber who actually made a pretty damn good documentary on this anarcho-communist um, uh, Christian group in, I believe, Indonesia, if I remember correctly. But anyway, or is it, no, or is it Singapore? Maybe in Burma. I don't know. It was one of those countries in, uh, you know, Southeast Asia. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't remember which one. I don't think it was Indonesia. No, I, I want to say it was like Burma or Singapore now. Anyway, some country in Southeast Asia. Uh, they have this uh, anarcho-communist Christian group. And they're what kind of sold me um, on that ideology. Um, <sighs> but once again, if I remember, which I probably won't, I'll link in the description to the documentary. Or the two parts of the documentary. Hopefully I remember, but, you know, you know me, probably won't, but anyway. Uh, but, you know, like, if you want to see that documentary, just, you know, and I don't link to it, email me, message me on Twitter, whatever, you know. All my links to be contacted are in the description. Um, and also, by the way, sorry, I have not been checking my uh, email, so uh, don't, don't email me right now. Probably not a good idea. If you do, email me at Outlook. Um, it's literally the same thing, AnnaHudok98 but at Outlook, you know, .com. So if you want to contact me, because uh, right now I am not checking my Zoho mail. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, trying to avoid some people. Um, and they only know that email, so I got to avoid them. Um, so yeah, I might actually have to change that into email thing. And in the description, I might have to change it to the Outlook account. But anyway, that's how this went. <laughs> Um, getting way off topic. But yeah, so I just want to kind of mention that. Um, but anyway, continue on this article. 
For the purpose of establishing the socialist, the socialist order, the workers organize themselves in the Workers' Social Democratic Party, which pursues this aim. Pursues this aim. And that is why the social democracy and the workers' movement meets with the ferocious hatred of the possessing classes which live at the expense of the workers. <laughs> the enormous riches piled up by the church without any effort on its part come from the exploitation and the poverty of the laboring people. The wealth of the archbishops and bishops, the covens and the parishes, the wealth of the factory owners and the traders and the land proprietors are bought at a price of the inhuman exertions of the workers of town and country. For what can be the only origin of the gifts and legacies which the very rich lords make to the church? Obviously not the labor of her hands and the sweat of her brows, but the exploitation of the workers who toil for them. Serfs yesterday and wage workers today. So in other words, um, the church, the reason they became so rich is off of the backs of the working class. Um, and the reason for that is because, well, they got all of their wealth, the church gets their wealth directly from the archbishops and bishops, who directly get all of their wealth straight from the exploited worker. Um, you know? Um, you know, or from, you know, the factory owners. Um, the, sorry, the, the, the archbishops and the bishops got very well from, like, the factory owners and other capital owners um, who, you know, literally exploited for workers and still do to this day. Um, to, and, you know, they give all their shit to the bishops and archbishops at the church and then therefore they get fucking wealthy. So therefore the church um, gets all of her fucking wealth from the exploited worker. And so therefore... The church has a very vested interest in making sure the workers no longer exploited. Continuing on. Further, the allowance which the governments today make to the clergy come from the state treasury, made up in greater part from the taxes wrung from the popular masses. The clergy, no less than the capitalist class, lands on the backs of the people, profits from the degradation, the ignorance, and the oppression of the people. The clergy and the parasitic capitalists hate the organized working class, conscious of its rights, which fights for the conquest of its liberties. For the abolition of capitalist mixed rule and the establishment of equality between men, which strike a mortal blow at the clergy, which exists only thanks to the exploitation and poverty. But above all, socialism aims to assuring, at assuring to humanity and honest and solid happiness here below, to give to the people the greatest possible education and the first place in sight. It is precisely this happiness here on earth which the servants of the church fear like the plague. Yep. The clergy, even to this day here in modern America, just fucking are fucking terrified of a honest, you know, of a non-exploited working class. They fear a liberated uh, proletariat, one that has po actual power, one that isn't being exploited. Because, um, you know, they are still, you know, at the house of capitalists, even to say, you know, they may not quite uh, give her what riches the exact same way, but kind of do. Uh, they really kind of still do, but, you know, um, 
at this point, it's just so embedded also that capitalism is the way that they themselves have genuinely fooled themselves into thinking that this is the best way for it. Um, it's not strictly just a wealth thing anymore. Like, um, it's that they genuinely believe that capitalism is the basically the savior of the world. In addition to still making their wealth off of the exploited middle, uh, the exploited proletariat. Continuing on, the capitalist is shaped with hammer blows the bodies of the people in chains of poverty and slavery. <sighs> Parallel this to the clergy, helping the capitalists in serving their own needs, enchain the minds of the people, hold it in down in crass ignorance, where they well understand that education will put an end to their power. Yeah, um, basically they recognize if people get educated, uh, and basically education is the enemy of the, of the, uh, of the powerful in society. They need to keep the masses ignorant. They cannot be educated. They cannot know anything. Because if they start getting smart, Woe is the ruling class. Their heads in the fucking guillotine next. They don't want that. And so why else do you think that, especially, like, like, I mean, you look here in America. Our people are fucking idiots. Our education system is a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. I mean, like, like fucking my half of Africa has the exact same reading, you know, like the, the exact same reading percentile as we here in America. Like only like sixty-seven percent here can actually fucking read. Like, come on, people. Nobody knows fucking math. I mean, I certainly don't. I want to make that clear. I I know fucking shit about math, science. Nobody knows a thing. Um, nobody knows anything about anything. The school system is specifically set up to push kids through um, and not actually learn anything. You don't have actually any time to actually learn and understand unless you're a fucking genius. Um, or you're rich. If you're fucking rich, then you spend all the time making sure you know everything. They want you to know. <clears throat> you know, if you're fucking rich, you will learn. And you're going to be fucking smart. But if you're poor or middle class, eh, fuck you. Um, you know, like, I've never been to a school, so I can't speak on this firsthand, but I saw a Tumblr post, and it had tens of thousands of likes and uh, people reblogging it and agreeing with it. So I had to, so I'm assuming it's probably true, and, I, and the com nobody in the comments was contradicting this, so I'm assuming it's got, probably got to be true. Um... Where, you know, it's like, apparently, like, rich schools, you know, it's like, everybody just sitting together in a circle discussing philosophy and business, you know, preparing them for the world of business, you know, of being, you know, CEO sitting around, you know, a boardroom, sitting, you know, sitting in a boardroom, um, you know, um, and shit like that, you know, or, you know, um, and then there's, like, uh, middle-class schools, basically where everybody's, you know, they got their uh, desks all in a line, you know, preparing them for, for a life of office work or factory work. 
And then there's the poor schools. Let's be honest, the black schools. Um, the schools where they send all the black kids, uh, which are full of police and metal detectors. Um, you know, no tolerance for anything, basically preparing them for a life of prison labor. They do this on purpose. Um, and I've heard the middle class schools or the poor, or should I say the black schools, um, teach you anything. They exist to kind of just shove you through the system. Like, my dad used to work at uh, those schools, like at, uh, at the black schools, to, to put it accurately. Because let's be honest, that's what we mean when we say poor here in America. Nobody means white people, um, unless you're talking about trailer parks. Then it's, you know, I, but let's be honest, like 99% of the time when somebody says poor, like poor neighborhood, poor school, they mean black, okay? Let's 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 not beat around the bush. Uh, poor is a racially coded term, um, and let's not. And so I don't want to beat around the bush. Um, and let's just say what exactly what everybody means, but nobody wants to say because nobody wants to sound racist, despite the fact that we're fucking racist. This is a racist as fuck country, and we literally just say poor. Uh, you know, to make ourselves feel better about that, you know, try to ignore the fact, to assuage our white guilt um, about all the shit we put black people through in this country and refuse to be held accountable for. Because you see, what what matters is this, in this country is white guilt. Um, we can't feel guilty. That's too much to ask for. Uh, society has failed if we have to feel at all guilty or any of the mistreatment we've, uh, any of the mistreatment we've had for black people, you know. Don't you dare hold us accountable for slavery or Jim Crow or lynchings or the KKK or the current, you know, war on drugs or, you know, the prison labor system or, you know, um, cops, you know, and you just can't do that. Um, it's too much to ask for. Um, and I'm getting way off track, but yeah, you know. Uh, my dad used to teach at those, and he was just like, these schools exist strictly to not teach these kids anything. It, it literally exists as a daycare center. Like, that's what my dad straight up said. These, these, these schools are literally for, you know, the poor kids. I'm just using his terms, you know, I'm quoting him now. You know, these schools for the poor kids I've been teaching at. We're literally just daycare centers. That's all they are. We're just daycare centers for teens. They don't exist to teach them anything. We're just there to keep them, you know, out of trouble, you know, out of trouble on the streets. That's all they exist for. And that's how our education system is set up because, well, they got to keep people stupid. To be frank, the people can't get smart. The absolute worst thing could happen is people getting smart. And that's why um, we even see, you know, even back then, back then in Tsarist Russia, they did everything they could to keep the people stupid. Because they didn't want them to know that they had actual power and they had actual rights and, you know, and take power in society. It's been going on for a very long time and it's not going to end anytime soon, unfortunately. Originally.
excuse me, continuing on with the article. While the clergy falsifying the early teaching of Christianity, which has had its object the, earth, the earthly happiness of the lowly, tries today to persuade the toilers that the suffering and degradation which they endure come not from a defective social structure, but from heaven, from the will of providence. Um, thus the church kills in the workers the strength to hope and the will for a better future, kills their faith in themselves and their self-respect. The priests of today, whether false and poisonous teachings, continually maintain the ignorance and degradation of the work people. Here are some irrefutable proofs. In other words, what the clergy now teaches, um, as of 1905 and Luciana still today, is that all this suffering that you receive at the hands of capitalism, God ordained it. And so who are you to fight against it? Stay strong to the end. Because if you stay strong to the end, you're going to have one nice reward in heaven. Just think of that, you know. Do not store up your treasures here on earth, but in heaven where moth and rust shall not destroy, where thieves shall not break in and steal. It's amazing how they love to preach that to the, to the working, you know, to the proletariat, you know. But it never seems to apply to the rich clergy. Hmm. Interesting. It's almost as if they don't actually believe it. They only believe it when it comes to the poor because how dare the clergy not be fucking rich? Continuing on. <clears throat> In the countries where the Catholic clergy enjoys great power over the minds of the people, in Spain and Italy, for instance, the people are held down in complete ignorance. Drunkenness and crime flourish there. For example, let's compare two provinces of Germany, Bavaria and Saxony. Bavaria is an agricultural state where the population is preponderantly, I have no idea what the fuck that means, um, under the influence of the clergy. Saxony is an industrialized state where the social democrats play a large part in the life of the workers. They were they win the parliamentary elections in nearly all the correct constituencies, a reason why the bourgeoisie shows its hatred for this red social democratic province. And what do we see? <clears throat> the official statistics show that the number of crimes committed in the ultra Catholic Bavaria is relatively much higher than that in Red Saxony. We see that in nineteen sorry in eighteen ninety eight out of every 100,000 inhabitants that were there. So, so out of every 100,000 uh, inhabitants, when it came to robbery with violence in Bavaria, which was Catholic, there were 204 cases. In Red Saxony, Commie Saxony, uh, I say that loosely, you know, tongue-in-cheek, um, there was only 185. So 204 versus 185. When it comes to assault and battery, there were 296 cases per 100,000 in Catholic Bavaria, only 72 in Saxony, in Social Democratic Saxony. So 296 versus 72. When it comes to perjury, four in Catholic Bavaria, one in Social Democratic Saxony. A wholly similar situation is found when we compare the record of crime in 
priest dominated Passen in Berlin, where the influence of the social dem- democracy is greater. In the course of the year, we receive our every 100,000 inhabitants in Passen, 232 cases of assault and battery, and in Berlin, 172 only. In the Papal City in Rome, during one single month of the year in 1869, the last year but one of the temporal power of the Pope, there were condemned 279 for murder, 728 for assault and battery, 797 for robbery, and 21 for arson. These are the results of clerical domination over the poverty-stricken people. This does not mean that to say that the clergy directly incite people to crime. Quite the contrary. In verse sermons, the people often condemn theft. The priests often condemn theft, robbery, and drunkenness. But men do not steal, rob, or get drunk at all because they like to do it so, or insist upon it. Um, sorry. Uh, I was drinking a lot of my protein shake there. Got really, really hungry. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, they do. So basically, they don't steal, rob, or get drunk because they like it or insist upon it. It is poverty and ignorance that are the causes of it. Therefore, he who keeps the allied ignorance and poverty of the people, he who kills their will and energy to act out of a situation, who you puts all sorts of obstacles in the way, of those who try to educate the proletariat, he is responsible for these crimes just as if he were an accomplice. Yeah, people commit crimes because they see no other way. Because they are po- cause they live in fucking poverty. People don't steal because they fucking love it. They do it because they see no other way. It's just the truth of the matter. Those who advocate for for capitalism, uh, what they are saying is not only do they want capitalism, but they want to ensure mass crime. Because that's what their policies lead to. Continuing on. The, social, the situation in the mining areas of Catholic Belgium were similar until recently. The Social Democrats went there. The vigorous appeal to unhappy and degraded workers sent it through the country. Worker, lift up yourself. Do not rob. Do not get drunk. Do not lower your head in despair. Read. Teach yourself. Join up with your class brothers in the organization. Fight against the exploiters who maltreat you. You will emerge from poverty. You will become a man. Must the social democrats everywhere lift up the people and strengthen those who lose hope. Rally the weak into a powerful organization. They open the eyes of the ignorant and show them the way of equality, of liberty, and of love for our neighbors. Hey, sounds like what Jesus preached in the New Testament. Interesting. Hmm. On the other hand, the servants of Christ, well, uh, sorry, on the other hand, the servants of the church, not Christ, because none of these people are at all Christ-like, um, bring to the people only words of humiliation and discouragement. And if Christ were, <clears throat> and if Christ were to appear on earth today, 
he would surely attack the priests, the bishops, and the archbishops who would defend the rich and live by exploiting the unfortunate. As formerly, he attacked the merchants whom he drove from the temple so ever ignoble presence should not defile the house of God. Oh yeah, the fucking clergy today? I mean, whether they're Protestant or Catholic or whatever, they would fucking hate Jesus. They would hate his guts. Um, they, they would try to crucify him. Literally. Maybe they wouldn't try to crucify him. They try to, you know, um, you know, uh, do the death penalty, you know, give him, slip him some drugs, you know. Um, take those fucking drugs to die. Um, but still, you know, they would, they would try to kill him. Because um, he would inspire too much revolution. That is why... <clears throat> Paris broke with not a desperate struggle between the clergy, the supporters of oppression, and the social democrats, the spokesmen of liberation. Is this fight not to be compared with that of the Dark Knight and the Rising Sun? Because the priests are not capable of combating socialism by means of intelligence or truth. They have to recourse to violence and wickedness. Their Judas talk culminates, um, sorry, calumnates, I have no idea how to fucking pronounce that word, I have no idea what that word is, I don't know what it means, sorry. Um, both who calumniates, uh, whatever, both who rouse class consciousness. By means of lies and slander, they try to be smirched about all those who give up their lives for the workers' cause. These servants and worshippers at a golden calf uh, um, support and applaud the crimes of the Tsarist government and defend the throne of his latest despot who oppresses the people like Nero. But it is in vain that you put yourselves about, you degenerate servants of Christianity who have become servants of Nero. It is in vain that you help our murderers and killers. In vain that you protect the exploiters of the proletariat and under the sign of the cross. Your cruelties and your calumnies, whatever, in former times could not prevent the victory of the Christian idea. The idea which you have sacrificed to the golden calf. Today your efforts will raise no obstacle to the coming of socialism. Today it is you and your lies and your teachings who are pagans, and it is we who bring to the poor due to the exploited the tidings of fraternity and equality. It is we who are marching to the conquest of the world, as he did formerly, who proclaimed that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. <sighs> amen and amen. All right, part seven, the final set part. Let's crack down, babies. Let's do it. Finale. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. I'm not going to keep doing the final countdown. I'm not going to keep embarrassing myself. Let's move on. Um, sorry, I'm trying to hype myself up because I don't really, I really don't have energy right now. Um, but yeah. So anyway, part seven. A few final words. The clergy has at its disposal two means to fight social democracy. Where the working class movement is beginning to win recognition, as is the case in our country, Poland, where the possessing classes still hope to crush it, the clergy fights the socialists by threatening the sermons, slandering them, and condemning the covetousness of the workers. 
But in the countries where political liberties are established and the workers' party is powerful, for as for example in Germany, France, and Holland, where the clergy seeks other means, it hides its real purpose and does not face the workers as any more as an open enemy, but as a false friend. But you will see the priests organizing the workers and launching "quote unquote" Christian trade unions. In this way, they they try to catch the fish in their net to attract the workers into the trap. Of these false trade unions, where we teach humility, unlike the organizations of the social democracy, which have in view struggle and defiance and defense against maltreatment. So yeah, basically, you know, they they love to, uh, you know, in a lot of countries where the workers have no rights, they love to preach, you know, you are jealous, you are covetous, stop it. Despite the fact, you know, it's really the priests who are that, you know, they are covetous, you know. All we're trying to do is hold on to their wealth or ill-gained wealth. But in countries where the workers did have rights, uh, basically they created their own new trade unions. Where basically, where basically they use these trade unions to try to reverse progress. You know, these trade unions really weren't trade unions. They were basically just propaganda centers for. You really shouldn't be asking to be treated well. That's kind of that's kind of messed up. You should want to be exploited. Being exploited is a virtue, and that's how they try to do it there. But they, you know, would put up the front of being a friend. That's how it worked back then. Uh, when the Tsarist government finally falls under the blows of the revolutionary proletariat of Poland and Russia. Um, which wouldn't happen until what, like 1918 or something like that? Like when the Red Revolution happened and Lenin took over. So, um, you know, so like what, I think like 13 years or something, you know? I don't remember exactly when Lenin took over, but I want to say it was 1918, but I'm probably wrong. Sorry, I don't know much about uh, European history or even Russian history, to be more specific. Um, um, you know, but, you know, Trying to learn. <laughs> Got a, the complete idiot's guide to European history. So, you know, we'll be a complete idiot when it comes to European history, hopefully. Um, at least know a little bit. A little bit. Just, just a little. Um, continuing on. Um, when the Tsar's Garden finally falls under the blows at a revolutionary proletariat plan in Russia, and when political liberty exists in our country, then we shall see the same Archbishop Popeil... I'm assuming that's how you pronounce this name, I have no idea. And the same ecclesiastics who today thunder against militants suddenly begin to organize the workers into Christian and national associations in order to mislead them. <sighs> Already we are at the beginning of this underground activity of the national democracy, quote-unquote, which assures the future collaboration with the priests and today helps them to slander the social democrats. The workers, therefore, must be warned of this danger so that they will not let themselves be taken in on the morrow of the tomorrow, tomorrow of the revolution by the honeyed words of those who, today, from the heights of the pulpit, dare to defend the Tsarist government, um, which kills the workers and the repressive apparatus <coughs> of capital, which is the principal cause of the poverty of the proletariat. In order to defend themselves against the antagonism of the clergy at the present time, during the revolution against the false friendship tomorrow, after a revolution, it is necessary for the workers to organize themselves in the Social Democratic Party. And here is the answer to all the attacks of the clergy. 
And social democracy in no way fights against religious beliefs. On the contrary, it demands complete freedom of conscience for every individual and the wildest and sorry, in the widest possible toleration for every faith and every opinion. But the, from the moment when the priests used the pulpit as a means of political struggle against the working classes, the workers must fight against the enemies of her rights and her liberation. The workers must fight against the enemies of her rights and her liberation. He who defends uh, the exploiters and who helps to prolong this present regime of misery, he is the mortal enemy of the proletariat, whether he be in a cassock or in the uniform of the police. Hell yeah. Basically, it's not religion that is the enemy of the Marxists. It's those who use religion to fight, to art, to fight against the proletariat. That is the enemy of the Marxists. There is no contradiction between socialism and communism and Christianity. They work hand in hand, in fact. I think that, in fact... Socialism and communism make more sense under a Christian worldview than they do any other worldview. But we must not hesitate to condemn those so-called Christian leaders who attempt to use Christianity to oppress the proletariat. Anywho, that is everything. Um, that is it. That is the whole article um thank you all for listening next week we'll be kind of just doing we'll be doing we'll be moving to a new thursday format until uh probably spring at least um when we have more sunlight in the day to record this kind of stuff you know these long form essay shit probably unless they just feel like doing it anyway you know maybe we'll i don't know maybe we'll just head straight into the gender accelerationist manifesto and i'll just completely change my mind and not just make them you know, and not do the shorter Monday episode thing that I was kind of do, planning on. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see when we get there. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Peace.